Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning and welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jake and our sponsors today, Texan Roofing, Big D Marine, Mainstream Marketing, and Boyd's One Stop. All right, looking at weather at Galveston right now, 63 degrees down on the island. And today we're calling for plentiful sunshine, high of 73, east-northeast winds, 5 to 10. And then for tonight, a few passing clouds, low of 68 South winds 10 to 15, and for tomorrow, sunshine and clouds mixed, high of 75, and south-southeast winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour. And looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. We have two tides today. We have a low coming up at 4.16 a.m. That's a negative 0.1, and then a high at 2.14 this afternoon, a 1.6. Sunrise this morning, 6.55 a.m., sunset this evening. 7.44 p.m., our moon phase is at 57%. Current conditions right now, offshore, it's east-southeast at 9 to 13. And uh, Galveston Channel, it's showing uh, 63-degree air temperature with 72-degree water. North winds at 3 to 6. Eagle Point, pretty much the same with 70-degree water. East-northeast at 8 to 11. And up in the north end of the complex at Morgan's Point, it is 64 degrees with 50, 68 degree water north winds at 3 to 5 miles per hour. So a uh, really nice day today. Looks like a day to take advantage of uh, some smooth waters and abundance of fish. And let's see how abundant they are. Let's run over to Sabine Lake and check in with Captain Bill Watkins. Bill, good morning. How are you, man? How are you, sir? What's up? How are you? Oh, oh, good. Hey, I'm surviving, man. Are you? Hanging That's in there. Good. Yeah, sitting here with a cup of hot chocolate and uh, changed my deal a little bit. Changed my menu this morning. No Java, <laughs> just hot chocolate, huh? Just know. hot chocolate. Yeah, I do that every great once in a while. Sounds cold over there this morning. <laughs> hot chocolate. <laughs> I wonder what the temperature is. I didn't hear you say it. Uh, it's like 63. 
Well, Over it this was way, uh, 64. Yesterday morning, it was 53 when I got in my truck to leave. Right. And, uh, I mean, I think it must have been about right at 5 o'clock. And uh, huh, my phone rang, and it was uh, it was my guest of the day. He had to cancel because of work-related issues. Somebody oh. had, he must have some very important job because they uh, they called him out, and he had to cancel. So he was gracious enough to send me a cancellation fee, but uh, I still there. I am all dressed up with nowhere to go. So I just, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going fishing anyway. Yeah. So I did. <laughs> I just, uh, just jumped in the truck and went fishing and, uh, you got the hard part uh, over already anyway. Got up, got well, dressed, yeah. got ready, got your boat hooked up. Let's roll. Might as well. Yeah. Got up was the hardest part of all of that. <laughs> it gets that way. The older we get, doesn't it? Man, I kind of like sleeping in these days and I don't have anything to do. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it is. But uh, I said, you know, I haven't been for two or three days now. I need to go down there and see what uh, what the freshwater is doing, what, uh, what the weather is doing. We've had predominant northeast winds for, what, a week? <laughs> and pretty good bit of rain here and there around the system. So I just went down there and launched. And sure enough, it, uh, Sabine Lake was a little dirty. Was it? Yeah, the channel was dirty. I could see down about a foot. Yeah. And I, I hit the, as I got there, I hit the low tide, dead low tide, and it stopped moving either way and just, you know, obviously there was nothing biting on that. Slack tide. Yeah, so, you know, it the northeast wind was probably about 10, 11 miles an hour. It wasn't very bad, but it got up by about 8.30 and cranked on up to about 18.20. Yeah. And uh, that made it, that, that shut down everywhere I could fish except up and down the ship channel. Uh, it's protected from a northeast wind on the Louisiana side. Right. And, boy, I'm telling you, those fish did not want to bite. But once that high tide got to cranking, uh, got up pretty high. I didn't catch much till about 11 o'clock. I had maybe three fish, four fish in a boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the top of that high tide, when it started peaking out about 12, 1 o'clock, that's when the, the fish bit. But they were scattered and really nice fish, too. I mean, some nice Texas-sized trout. And uh, I got to do what I normally never get to do. I got to stand on the bow and spot lock my trolling motor and work these places that I know that the fish are. And that was more fun than I can tell you. <laughs> I really enjoyed picking that pattern apart and working on it. And I, got, I got my little Laguna seven-foot devil stick and got up on the bow and uh, I went to work. I couldn't. You can't just troll in a situation like that where the wind's blowing that hard. And you can't cast, it's, it's hard to cast right into the teeth of that wind. Right. But that was the best, that was the best water that I could find was on that side of the channel. Yeah. And the fish responded. They were there, but they didn't want to hit. I had to make four to five casts to get the first bite at every place I stopped. 
those those trap that just weren't turned on. But if you can jack with a trout enough, you can make them bite. Yeah, you get you get one or two bites and catch them and get them kind of stirred up a little bit. You can actually light them up, you know, get them going. Mm-hmm. Seen that a lot. Yeah, I, and it was fun to do that, mm-hmm. unrestricted, and I didn't have to worry about who was behind me, um, and uh, caught some nice trout, good. lots of nice trout. And I had a had a good day. I mean, people. There was a few people out fishing, and they were running from spot to spot to spot. And I know they weren't catching anything because no, that's what when I, I see do. Them all running around like that. They're not getting them. I, when I'm doing that, I know that's I'm I'm desperate. And once <laughs> I settled down and figured, I figured out the pattern, and uh, the the bait of choice was a. Uh, a Texas roach with a yellow tail, uh, four-inch ball tail. Uh, Kay Wiggler makes them. They've got that that new four-inch tail. Right. And, uh, man, once I figured out how all the combination was, it started working. And I just had a blast. I mean, for the love of fishing, just got to go fishing and do what I do. And... Uh, Put my head in it. Didn't have to think about what anybody was doing. And just, uh, just fish. I, I know you do that sometimes. Yes, that probably not for, here uh, as much as you want to. Not like but I'd like uh, to, but uh, I, when I get my opportunity, I do that, and it it is kind of fun not to have to jack with anybody and just uh, just do your thing, fish how you want. Hey, you can. You can study. You can study what the fish are actually doing. And the first thing you have to do in a situation like that is set your mind that the water is dirty, and you just ignore that. Yeah. And and fish accordingly. And once you once you um, once you get in there, get your mind in it, and get your head set to where. This water's dirty, but I'm gonna make out like it's clear, and then you can then you can fish effectively. And uh, I just fish shell pads. Yeah, because uh, you can you can catch fish in off-colored water, dirty water like that. You know, yes, if you, you don't can. enough fish, you you got to uh, just work it over and uh, figure it out. Remember what you were doing to draw that first bite and try to imitate that technique again. And once you get it down, hey be surprised how many fish you can catch in that dirty water and the first fish that i hooked was probably 24 inches that was a pretty trout yeah i mean i got him up into the water where i could actually he stayed on top Mm -hmm. when i hooked him and uh he was he was right off of a ledge somewhere around eight feet or he might have followed it out from the bank i don't know right Um, but that some gun thumped it, and I could see the jigs just hanging by a thread. And I said, "Oh man, this fish is going to get off," because she was fighting so hard that you know, cutting, changing directions, and and halfway flipping out of the water. And I, I thought I ain't got a chance of getting this fish in the boat, but I I would love to take a picture of it, you know, and because uh, you don't see that many trout that size over here. And sure enough, I got her almost to the boat, and she pulled off. That was an utter disappointment. 
<laughs> but hey, it took a while to recover from that. I said a, a couple of words I shouldn't have said, and uh, <laughs> then I got straightened back out. And it was a long time before the next bite. You know, I started off with a a lime truce, solid lime truce down south lure. And that was working early. The water was dirtier then. And once that high tide come in for a while, it kind of just sort of cleared up a little bit where I could see down another half foot. And then I went to that Texas roach. That, that high sun angle, and I, I did have sun off and on, and uh, it, it worked. That combination of dark and lots of gold sparkles mm. and, uh, and that yellow tail, that, that was the bait of choice. Well, it uh, matched the water somewhat where the fish were able to silhouette, silhouette that bait better, apparently. Yeah. They were laying close to the bottom. Uh, most of the fish I caught were in five foot of water. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I didn't catch anything out of a three foot or two foot. But right there where it makes the transition, and I caught them actually on uh, shell uh, edges, drop-offs. That yep. Wherever they uh, those oysters had built on... The, right on the lip of the drop-off. Right, right on them ledges and stair steps, man. Yeah. It'd well, go that down. current runs good down them, and uh, it stirs bait up in the bottom, off the bottom, too. Those fish just hang there, just barely suspended off the bottom, eating everything that moves. Yeah. And I tried to make tried to make control drift at first so I could find scattered fish. Now, that just did not work. I could not work the bait properly without getting still and and throw it into the wind and bring it, work it back. And basically that stuff's so thick you'd get hung up in it. You try to try to go down just parallel the bank, throw up shallow and let it come down the slope. But, uh, there was too much wind and too much tidal current to do that effectively. So right. you know, that's that's when the spot lock on that trolling motor comes into play, man. <laughs> That's spoiled that rocks. <laughs> oh yeah. Spoiled rocks. I mean, rot. you see, we had we had to drag an anchor, and and do all of that to get still. Oh yeah, and those. I, uh, I don't. I don't regret those. I mean. That that used to be a lot of work, you know. You finally, you know, work a ledge like that, and you hit them. You put the anchor out, and then they move out of range. You got to pull up, move down a little bit, get back on them, back and forth. That spot lock is, uh, man, it's a lifesaver. Let me knock this break out, Bill. I'll be right back, buddy. You got you know it, Texan mate. Roofing. They're the people I trust. Texan Roofing covers Houston and surrounding areas, and Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing has found the majority of jobs they do, they offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing, and when you do, tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show. And Tim and all his crew 
They'll work with you directly and do a really fine job for you. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281-391-9600 or texanroofing.com. And please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. My Maria. Don't you Good morning. Know Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. It's 418 here in the Bayou City. All right, Bill, we are back. Thanks for holding. We were talking about spot lock and the convenience of it. Oh, God, yes. That, that's, uh, that is the neatest thing going it's, Especially uh, while you're by yourself, too, you know, and uh, you you can uh, lock that thing in and you can keep on fishing and it doesn't uh, deter what you're doing. Just hold you where you need right. to be and you can con- you can focus on fishing instead of how to keep the boat in place. That's right. <laughs> it, and it, it holds you, you know, this this more modern trolling motor I've got now, it's only a couple of years old. That thing... It doesn't vary. It holds you rock solid, right where right. you want to be. It doesn't swing. the 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 original model I had, it would swing ten feet sometimes, and then it would recover and come back. Right. And it would nearly throw you off the bow. <laughs> I had to caution people. You know, when that thing decides it needs to move back and get where it was, you better be ready to. You better have your balance. And spread your legs and, and get your position because when it kicks in, it's going. And if you go out of the boat, it's it's going anyway. <laughs> and, but this one, this one I've got now, it just sits up there and makes minor adjustments and holds rock solid. It's it's a piece of work. And uh, but I would caution anybody out there: as convenient as the uh, the man, uh, the uh, uh, the self-deploy trolling motor is. That's where your issues are going to be down line. Mm. The the motor itself, you're rarely ever going to have a motor guide. I mean, a a, a hummingbird trolling motor, or whatever. It's Minn not going to Mencota. There it is. Thank you. Old man can't remember <laughs> nothing. That Mencota will will. Uh, will give you years of service, the motor part. So if you actually go up there and pull a rope and put it over, then you've got a, you've got a, a, a much better mouse trap. But hardly anybody uses a boat as much as I do. Right. So you're not going to find trouble with that self-deploy until way later on after you had it three or four years. That's usually what, a belt issue? It's, that belt in no, there? No, it's not the belt. I never have belt issues with mine. My my problem is in the, uh, and they corrected part of this, the motor that, that actually lifts the trolling motor on the, it shoots mm-hmm. it out and then lifts it. That motor was so strong that it was uh, breaking the housing. Okay. And they they toned down the motor to where it wasn't so powerful. And it works like a champ. But at some point, that thing's going to go out. I mean, and mine was about a year and a half in, and it, sure enough, it went out. And uh, went out, of course, on a fishing trip, you know. Oh, naturally. And I had, 
and you need to you need to learn if you're going to have one of those you've got to learn all the idiosyncrasies that it can hand you i mean all of the stuff you need to go through that manual and look at youtube videos and learn how to do whatever it takes to readjust that thing once it makes a mistake and uh, once you figure that out hey you can become one with your trolling motor but if you if you buy the one that's self-deployed you won't have any of those issues you'll have a fine trolling motor so yeah that's what i would suggest for uh, people that fish a lot just get the, the manual deploy and instead of the self-deploy and then you you'll eliminate almost all of your issues but boy it's convenient to reach down on that on that uh, remote and adjust the height of your trolling motor I mean you don't have to touch the thing you can totally fish with the remote right or if you if you want to you can get the one that has the foot control which actually didn't do me any good because I'm never on the bow yeah that's where my guests fish and uh, I always give one or two of them the front and uh, I stay at the console and watch the depth finder and that's why I don't have to have a front depth finder because I'm always sitting at the console looking at that big hummingbird right and that that's where I stay and and kind of keep a low profile and the windshield and the grab rail protect me from wayward casts. <laughs> I cannot get hooked quite as much. <laughs> that's, well, you, uh, just, that's, you just fish out of the side of the boat where nobody can sidearm you and catch you in the back of the head. That's right. Well, they have done it anyway, but I had my hat knocked off here a while back. Ooh. But the hook, the hook didn't get me. I saw stars. Oh, hey. A jig head in the launch mode and hits you in the back of the head. That'll uh, oh hey, that'll put you to this your knees a- on the floor. I've had it happen. It it uh, I had a guy hit me with a three eight head one time. Oh Lord, I thought somebody shot me with a thirty eight pistol. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one this one was a, a three quarter ounce silver spoon. And oh four. Lord, <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> oh, it knocked my hat off. I mean. Hey, I split a guy. I split a guy's head open one time with a three-quarter ounce spoon. Oh God! He walked right into it. We were on a school of reds, and I was way back in the back. I was back there with a net, and two guys had a red on, and and I was waiting for him to get them up. And I said, "Well, I'm gonna throw out there and hook one and just put it in the rod holder." And <laughs> that poor old guy, he came back there. I don't know why he even walked back there because two guys are in the back fighting a fish and. He walked right into it. I never saw it coming. Boy, I, I laid him out. I didn't think he'd ever stop bleeding. I said, you on blood thinners or something? How'd you know that? I said, because you're bleeding like a stuck hog. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's, uh, that's not good. It was not one of those, you know, those, an impact, you know, uh, split where the, just the force of that spoon just, I mean, split his scalp open. Hook never touched him. Wow. <laughs> I had a nice backlash. Yeah, I had a nice backlash after that. I had to wrap that rod up and grab another one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was letting her fly, buddy. 
I'll tell you what, it, in 24 years, I've only hooked one customer, and it was a blonde-headed lady. Oh, gosh. I, oh, man. It, <laughs> fortunately, it hit her. As, she was down crouched low, sneaking behind me. Right. And me and her husband was talking, and she come all the way from the bow, and I never saw her. And she creeped along behind us low. I didn't get a visual out of my peripheral vision or anything. And I frapped that poor lady on top of the head. And fortunately, it didn't go past the bar. She had a cap on, and it it went in a little bit. And I saw just a little bit of blood. And boy, she ate me out. She said, what in the world are you doing? I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I've never hooked anybody before. And she just, finally, she just mellowed out about it. And she said, oh, well, at least I've been hooked by the best. That's yes, it. Ma'am, that's <laughs> we were fishing the whales one summer, and I, I was on this whale anchored up with my party, and we were catching them just hot, man, middle of the day, not a breath of wind, and this boat starts idling. He pulled his anchor up and starts idling towards us over there, and we're my customers are yelling at him, "Hey, get out of here!" And I, you know, leave you know leave us alone. We've got this whale, and I mean, tempers are flaring. It's hot and he pulls up and he said, look, I hate to do this, but he said, I just hooked my wife in the back of the head and, and we're catching them every cast over there. I got to get this hook out of her so we can go back to work. <laughs> and he, he slid up there next to me and, and, uh, I said, first thing we got to do, we got to, there was a shrimp on that treble hook and it was still flipping. <laughs> oh, Lord. I said, first thing we got to do is get the shrimp off. Then we got to, let me get my scissors and I'll cut the cap off. It had her had her cap pinned to her head, and uh, she had a ball cap on, and I cut that off, cut a hole in it, and got it off her head. And uh, man, I pulled on that. There's nothing more elastic and tougher than the scalp. I mean, it That's was right. just, and I, I couldn't get it out. And uh, finally, I said, "Look, she, you know, put some ice on it and numb it out." And she held it on there for about five minutes, and. Man, she's just her head soaking wet with blood and water all mixed together, <laughs> and I oh, finally put, the, put some leader material around there and had her husband hold his two thumbs right next to that hook, and then I popped it out, and um, they went. <laughs> they couldn't thank me enough, and she goes, "Well, I'm never going fishing with him again." Do you have a card? <laughs> oh you I knew said, that was coming right yeah and uh, she was not a happy camper but they were catching some good trout probably better trout than we were catching because i saw a couple of them in the cooler they were as long as your leg and uh they idled back over there and anchored up on that well next thing i knew i saw popping corks going out going under over there they were catching them too so but boy she was not happy oh lord no my wife would be she would quit fishing with me if I hooked her. I know. And, uh, well, it's just, you know, not only do you have to watch who's behind you while you're fishing, it's just your your people need to be informed, hey, don't walk in behind somebody casting. If you're going to walk, you know, stay on the same side of the boat they're on and walk past them. Don't get on the other side of the boat where that lure's flinging through the air, you know. That's right. Stay on the side that the people fishing are. That's it. That's exactly right. The worst thing that happen, you might get slapped in the side of the head with a rod, but you're not going to get a hook in you. <laughs> yeah, you need to know where everybody's at, and they need to stay where you are. I'm so telling you. You can actually see them. 
don't get down an Indian snake behind the, the fisherman. <laughs> That's you're gonna exactly get, right. <laughs> you're going to get stuck. That's it. Shoot, All right, man. Bill. Well, i got to run, my friend. If somebody wants to call you about coming over and fishing with you, how do they get a hold of you? Give them a number. 409-673-9211. Or fishabeanlake.com. And don't call my home phone number because the telemarketers call me so many times every day I had to disconnect it. Did you? It's uh, Yeah, I, I kept the number but literally had to unhook the phone. Isn't this ridiculous? It's totally Spam ridiculous. Calls. Yep. Yep. And it so runs in spurts. You know, one day you'll go without one, and then for a day or two, it's just one after another. One after another. 30, 30 40 calls a day. Oh, yeah. And I, it's I, ridiculous. I, I couldn't take it anymore. So <laughs> I'm not even using that one. Cell number only, brother. All right, buddy. Anyway, well, Bill, care. appreciate it. You have a good day. I'll talk to you Saturday and be safe, my friend. All right. Later. Good deal. All right. All right, that's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake. And I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Big D Marine. They're having their grand opening of their newest store in Hitchcock, Texas, on Highway 6, April the 15th. That's this Saturday. Go by and shop great deals on a fine selection of center console boats like Blackwood, Camus, G3, XL, and Crestliner. Outboards by Mercury, Suzuki, and Yamaha. Mention my name, get $1,000 in a free 20-hour service on your new rig. Live band, free barbecue and refreshments, 409-938-4408. That's Big D Marines, grand opening April 15th in Hitchcock, Highway 6. Don't miss it. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. It is 436 here in the Bayou City. Let's run up to Lake Conroe now. Let's check in with the fish dude and see what he's up to this morning. Richard, how you doing, bud? Hey, you dumb all right, Mickey. These fish are fighting. <laughs> yeah, they are. You mean ain't all no right. doubt. <laughs> We're getting them. Yesterday was a blast. I'll tell you what, yesterday morning, anyway, yesterday was kind of different. Yesterday morning, we I mean, I was going nuts, so we jumped all over them rascals and almost living out on catfish, too. You so, had a quick pile yesterday. I guarantee you, I guarantee you. And then yesterday afternoon, we got out, we was doing some brim fishing. We had eight or ten of them, and all, all of a sudden, this dang weird weather came in, and it's like, what in the world is going on? I mean, I was, we were sitting there fishing, just everything was fine, and I look up, and there's one little old cloud to the south, kind of southeast of us, and I'm sitting there going, okay, with us. That looks kind of like it's going to rain on us. And then I look back up to the north a little bit, and there's another little cloud kind of to the northwest. And I said, well, that looks like it's going to get wet, too. And uh, we kept fishing for a little bit. And next thing I know, there's one almost due east of us. And, and then it starts surrounding us. And I said, uh-uh. I checked, start checking my lightning apps and stuff like that. And there's lightning popping all in New Waverly. There's all around the woodlands and up north around Richards and stuff like that. And I said, we got to go. And about that time, that wind picked up, and here it came. It's, it didn't last long. I, it stayed pretty kind of weird there for a while. But, it's, I mean, it looked like tornadoes developing in some of it because it's the way it was kind of twisting. But it was just 
strange yesterday afternoon, but we got a pretty good mess of brim. I didn't get no pictures of them, though, because I was in a hurry to get them rascals clean with all that weather moving in. There wasn't no, wasn't no sense in messing with them things. But it was it was fun. I mean, that's that's the thing. And then that, this morning, dang, it turned out cold. It's like, goodness. So it's 49 when I left the house. It's, I'm sitting on the ramp right now. It's 52. So Yeah, you're that's, a little cool up there this morning. I know. And then, then like yesterday, I thought, well, it's going to be cold. You know, cool in the morning. And it's, it was. And it, about... About eight o'clock, it got to where you're sweating. Yeah. So it got it got warm quick. I think it's going to do the same thing today. So I don't know. But if we'll go out there and see what we can do. We're going to see if we can hammer on them hybrids and see if them crop will do any good. I don't know about after this, but it seems like a little front done came in or something. So I don't know what they're going to do. Plus, with this high water, I don't. Yeah, uh, we'll try them. That's all I can say. We can give them a try if them rascals don't want to do any good. We'll do something else. So. That's one of one of the biggest things. You got you got the luxury of changing. You yes. can change up and do pretty much anything you want up here right now because everything is done pretty good. So I see some buddies of mine over there on the Trinity River. They're catching that kind of blue cats. Good night. They I was, I was watching their watching them last week and they said got another fifteen foot stringer of fish. Like good. <laughs> fifteen <Yes>. foot. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, goodness, you rascal, y'all need to leave the blue cats alone for a little bit. But they, I mean, that's just what they do. I mean, they, dang, Trinity River catfish, when them, when it goes to flooding, they, they just go nuts. I, I used to love getting out there just, and, and just catching those things when that river get on a rise. Because we get back behind this one one little island out there. and get on a rise, there was one January, and it was Actually, it was December, right after Christmas. It was flooded up there. I got behind that dang dialing, and over there, what I always do is I use, like, a Carolina rig. You take, like, a half-ounce or a one-ounce egg sinker and a barrel swivel and, and then put you about a two- to three-foot leader on there with a with a hook, you know, like I was talking about here a while back, that style 42 Eagle Claw. That's what we used to use over there. Take them shed, shed and thread them on there, chunk them out there in them Cena bean bushes in about a foot of water, Mm-hmm. And it is on in your world. I mean, there's there was I used to have a basket when I was fishing out John boat over on the river. This this basket would hold I get I can't tell you how much it hold it hold fifty fish for sure. But it, got, it would get so I'd get it so full in a couple of hours that I'd have to roll it into the boat, and it always take the back corner of that John boat underwater when I'd go rolling it in. <laughs> I mean, it, in a couple of hours you'd have fifty of them rascals. Every dang one of them would be, you know, three pounds to four, four and a half pounds. So they were right there in a good yeah. eating range. And, I mean, it's just, it was just fun. Because you catch them in them sand bean bushes like that, it's, it's shallow water. They start jumping just like bulkhead fish. You know, that's the thing about them bulkhead catfish, too. You know, you, you get on them rascals, they, they got to jumping like bass. That's what that's what's addictive about them dang things. You get on, especially when they're on the bulk, because I've had a lot of people ask me about that lately. They are up there, but they're hard to find with this high water right now. So the bulkhead fish are there, but I'm still catching them out deep. And what's happening is, I think because the, uh, the shad are up on the bulkheads, but the fish hadn't still quite hadn't quite found them. But uh, I think with this water falling back, everything's pulling out deep because we caught 50 fish out there, and 
you know, 20 foot of water yesterday, 50 catfish. Dang. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's the thing. They're still out in the deep water right now. And it's, that's, I'm pretty confident it's strictly because of this high water. If it hadn't been for this water coming up and falling back, they, they'd be up on them bulkheads and you could catch them like crazy. And I'm still sure you can probably catch them up there, but I, right now they're still hammering out in the deep how, water. Uh, how big. high is your lake right now, uh, Richard? Uh, you know, I hadn't checked the level itself, but, but it's, uh, no, I mean I'm by you just looking and being out there. Looking about about a foot and a half above yeah. normal, and it's uh, you know, it's that's the way it is. And like yesterday, it was right up at the top of the bulkhead. So you know, you, you got a bulkhead fish where you throw it in people's yard because right? yeah. <laughs> you're not you can't see the bulkhead, and so it, it, you know, it's just it just bounced down below the bulkheads quite a bit. So you know, it's a little bit different, but it, it's it, that's the thing when it gets above the bulkheads like that. Those those shad are still spawning down there. They're still doing their thing, and the catfish and everything are still trying to eat them. But they started dumping the water out. Well, when they start dumping that water, those fish are not going to get trapped up there shallow. That's one thing about them. When the water's coming up, and I've mentioned this before, you do it on every lake I went to. I'd put a stick in the water by the boat ramp the day before I went fishing. See if the water came up or down. If the water comes up, you fish shallow. If it goes down, you fish deep. That's just the name of the game. And that's what's happening right now. It's going down. So if it's going down, I'm fishing deep. And yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly what's happening. So, and I know that's one of those fish on the bulkheads are not just up there as thick as they, they should be because they, you know, they know that water's going down. They're not going to get trapped. You know, they're way smarter than people think they are. You know, when it comes to that water moving up and down, and they, they're not going to get caught in a spot where they can't get out. You know, it, and that's like I have people ask me all the time, you ever doing that noodling? And, you know, you know what I'm talking about, sticking your hand in them holes and catching them fish. And they uh, they, they say, are you crazy? No. You're going to get a snake. You're going to get a turtle. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Can't do it. Ain't going to happen. If you're doing, if you're noodling right, you are not sticking your hand in a hole that has any air in it. <laughs> and a, a turtle and a snake cannot survive without air, right? And They're reptiles. Oh, that gator, he, he can stay under for a while, but, you know. Yeah, but he's still got to have air. I mean, he can slow he's his heart gotta, rate down to hardly nothing where he can lay on the bottom for a while. But if you reach up under a bank, he's got an air pocket in it. You might want to pull your hand out of there and uh, move on. Exactly, exactly, because he can live right there. That's the thing, you know. And it, it, that's what's so, so fun about these things, doing that kind of stuff. You know, if you stick your hand in one of them holes, they, people wonder, you know, how you catch them. Your hand is imitating a brim. If you stick your hand in that hole, Not and catch it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it ain't happening. You ain't coming in my house. And that's what's going to happen. He's going to eat your hands. And you got to shove your hand down his throat when he bites you, and that's a hard thing to do. I guarantee you, it's, you always want to jerk back whenever something bites you. You don't want to stick your hand all the way down his throat. That's that's the hardest thing to get used to. And that's you know I used to that is uh as one of them things I did it in the Atlanta River over there, and them and them rocks. You reach underneath them rocks because they washed out like that. And it, you know you're always underwater when you're doing it. Your nose might be up, but that's about it. And you stick your arm in there as far as you can stick it. And when they latch on, you just grab and shove it down his throat and grab him by the gills. 
That's how you do it. And them knuckleheads. I, I, I see my dad's arms bleeding so much from grabbing them fish like that. It's crazy. It's all down his forearms. Yeah, my grandpa used to do that on them river banks. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I tried it. I tried it. I still think it's crazy, but I, you know, when I was younger, it was fun. You know, but it's that you I'm know good. you see all them old timers. You see all them old timers do it, and it's like, man, I got to try that. And then when, once your hand gets hit a couple of times, it's like, man, it's just getting the nerve enough to shut it down his throat. That's the hard part. And then when you get him, he's going to twist and turn and everything else. <laughs> but it's all it's all good. I'll get out here and get these rascals. They own, I want to see how them hybrids do take us. They were doing real good yesterday. I want to get yeah, on. see if you can double up again today, brother. Well, hey, Richard, if somebody yes, wants sir. to call you about coming up and getting in on the action, how they get a hold of you, brother? Well, Mickey, anyone get in touch with me, 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudegx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudegx.com. All right, Richard. We'll catch them all, buddy. I'll talk to you yes, Saturday. Sir. Light them up. All right, man. Later. All right. Now let's run down Matagorda way. Let's check in with Captain Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., what's up, buddy? Morning, Mickey. What's happening? Oh, not a lot. How are you? Uh, pretty much the same. Nothing new. Yeah? Just plugging along. Fair to Midland. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Yeah. Oh, not much to do down here. It's, uh, you know, same old stuff. Grinding on a few fish and uh, not a lot of people fishing and uh, and uh, just pecking away. Well. Catching a few. You getting any uh, decent fish? Still catching a few good ones? You know, a few, but most of them are uh, still catching a lot of 15 and a half, 16 inch fish, but. Galveston uh, keepers. That's what yeah, we call Galveston, Galveston keepers, keepers now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, we're catching more 17, 18 inch fish now, but, uh, uh, just, I don't know. Things just ain't right. It ain't the way it's no. supposed to be. I concur. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. That's you know, uh, them, them, them boys down south are doing a lot better than we are. I can tell you that on bigger fish. Yes. You know, we've had this uh, northerly wind now for, what, a week? Yes. You know? And... Uh, and actually, some of the actions are shifting to the other end of the bay now because of it. You know, we've mainly been on the west end the, the whole year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's some pretty good activity on the other end of the bay. And I guess it's because of that, that wind switch, that north wind for so long. That's possible. But, uh, you know? But we're not catching them like they are down south, I can tell you that. No. No, we're not. I went to, had to go to Waterloo to pick up some rods yesterday and talk to Jimmy. Jimmy had just got back from fishing with uh, Cliff. <laughs> he was pretty excited. He, he caught a lot of five- and six-pound fish. 
that, man. Man, that's good stuff. That's uh, it is. Well, it used to be normal here too. We're just gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna take take us more time. They uh, they've just got a wider variety of age class fish than we do. You know, especially yeah. up here where I'm at, we just pretty much had to start all over, you know, and just grow our fish. And we'll get yeah. there, but it's just, uh, I'd like to see better numbers of quality fish, you know, more vastness of them instead of just in certain areas. I mean, it's like our fish have been in the same place for the last three years. Right. And there's just... uh I mean, if you get a lot of pressure on the water, a lot of people fishing, there's there's not enough to go around. You know, it, you know, you don't have the vastness where it spreads everybody out, where everybody can go where they want and catch them. Everybody's kind of confined. Right. Well, those fish aren't everywhere. They're just a confined places. Right. You know, and it's the same thing here. It's uh. It's probably a godsend that we haven't uh, haven't had the pressure, you know. Uh, well, that's true. Well, you, know? you can tell if fishing's good, there's millions of people fishing. I mean, you know, word right. travels like wildfire, and you can uh, you can get a pretty good judgment on how things are by the amount of you know amount of pressure that's out there day in and day out. And mostly, all I'm really seeing up our way there there's a few locals fishing but nothing like in normal years but most of the boats you see are are guides running trips you know the average joe's just not going it's not good enough for him yeah well i'm not seeing a lot of guides running trips over here yeah well i'm not either it's just the ones that i do see they're you know they're they're running charters yeah and uh, and that may be a good thing too. Maybe maybe we're going to thin out the herd a little bit. I don't know. We've had uh, there's an awful lot of guides nowadays, Mickey. I can tell you that. Yes, there is. That, uh, that we could use some thinning out. But uh, we still got fish to catch over here. You ain't going to catch them if you sit at home. If you don't go, you ain't going to catch them. That's true. You know, sometimes if you do go, you ain't going to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, sometimes too. Sometimes <laughs> chickens, sometimes feathers. But, hey, you're right. You can't catch them on the couch, bud. But no, you can't. No, I thought one bad thing we got to look to look forward to coming up is, you know, fuel prices are going to be steadily climbing up, you know, for our summer fishing. Here we go again. Yeah. And that's making a big difference. Yeah, there's a lot of distractions out there. There's not just people just are not wanting to fish right now like like we're used to seeing. Well, and uh, it's because of all these other distractions that are going on right now. Well, that's true and they're worried about uh, you know, their future of their money. People are uh, holding on to it a little more now. Just in case cuz the future doesn't look bright, you know, it's too much negativity and it uh gets people to thinking yeah uh, you know it's not cheap to go fishing you hire a good guy that's you know that's gonna be 800 bucks and then you know after it's all over with tip and your time and effort to get there you know you're looking at a thousand dollars to go fishing yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing cheap about it. No. Not a thing. But, I mean, I get tired of sitting at home watching TV. <laughs> yes. A lot of mine watching that. Astros yesterday, that midday. They looked good yesterday. Well, and I apologize for everything I, <laughs> I said about Mauricio Dubon. He's uh man, I don't know what happened to that guy. He's not the same player I watched play last year. Boy. Al TV better hurry up and get well. That guy's gonna get his job if he keeps this up. <laughs> yeah. He uh he'll uh He went he's to the next level. Good. Yeah, he is. I he's know. doing great. All these McCormick, I mean all these younger guys, man, they're uh they're stepping up. Well, that young That'll just make that paycheck go up for him. That's it. Play better, That's get your big contract, and then go to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've seen that a million times. That's the way it rolls, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right, No, Charlie we got P. a good team. Yeah, we do. We got a good team. Ready for them to get get rolling. It's early yet. We, we're never, we've never been fast starters, so I'm I'm not... I hadn't hit the panic button. A lot of people have. Oh, man, this ain't the same team. I said, yeah, it is. I think we're better this year than we were last year. We'll get it going. Looking good. Yes, sir. All right. Well, hey, man, if somebody wants to come down and fish with you, Charlie, give them a number. Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right. I just saw on the screen here, uh, the mayor of New York named New York City's first rat czar. We got a woman gonna come in and take care of the rat problem, boy. All right. Oh, that's where we're at. All right, man. Well, Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> you have a good day, buddy. Take care, Mickey. All right, later, man. All right, it's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sport, Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 